Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? I'm Nick Dayus, and this is Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. Will is out sick today. Hope my guy is feeling better, but I'll be filling in for him just to recap the craziness of NFL wildcard weekend. And we're going to discuss some of the biggest takeaways from an X's and O and a betting standpoint. So stick around. This show is brought to you by WinBet. The NFL playoffs are here and there's still plenty of time to get in on the action. So right now, download the WinBet app and start winning today. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1 to win a $100 offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 on almost any sport, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, UFC, boxing, and much more. And they're also offering a 200% wager match up to $1,500. For all the details on the offers, download the WinBet app now and set the odds in your favor. Offer subject to change, term and conditions do apply at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 522 Four seven zero zero. All right. Our first segment, we got the record books. So let's catch up on the record books real quick before we dive into the games. Will's pick this week were the Bengals, the Cowboys, and the Steelers. So he went one and two on the weekend. And just a reminder, 22 and 28 in the regular season. Will's underdog of the week to win outright were the New England Patriots. And that's probably one of the reasons why he's not on the show today. He is 0-1 on the underdogs of the week so far this postseason. Will's favorite pick to cover were also the Philadelphia Eagles. He is 0-1 on the favorite picks in the postseason. His overall record, ladies and gentlemen, 1-2 to start off wildcard weekend. On the other hand, one of the reasons why I have so much enthusiasm, 2-1 on the week, had the Bengals, had the 49ers, had the Steelers, which we'll get to in a little bit, 23 and 27 overall regular season. Underdog to win, the 49ers, 1-0. Favorite play were the Steelers, 0-1. I wish I had a clown mask here to throw it on because, boy, was that game out of control. So one thing I want to mention, and it's something that I always talk about when it comes to betting games, whether it's the regular season or the postseason, be careful when the obvious hits. And what I mean by that is it was a pretty chalky weekend. All the obvious popular plays all hit. We went four and one with the favorites against the spread. And the only upset of the week was the one that was the most heavily picked by broadcasters, former players, even sports bettors. So just be careful what happens now moving forward in the divisional round of the playoffs where it's the best weekend in football. You have all the premier teams playing. So. Let's jump into our upset breakdown. This is a segment where we break down all the biggest upsets from last week. This week, though, rather unique because we didn't have any underdog win besides one. So before we get to our upset of the week, let's talk a little bit about these games. We'll start off with what was, I believe, the earliest I've ever made a call and a bet all season. I had this game from Monday, last Monday's episode. It was the Bengals. They held off the late surge from the Vegas Raiders, 26 to 19. And it was a tale of two quarterbacks, two head coaches making their first start in the playoffs in their careers. Joe Burrow, second year quarterback. Derek Carr been in the game for a while, but 
the last time the Raiders made the playoffs, Carr got hurt in that regular season game, and we had Connor Cook starting in that game. Joe Burrow, man. I mean, as someone who is a pro Justin Herbert enthusiast, Joe Burrow has been just burying me with these takes that I have. Though I like both guys, Joe Burrow, just cool, calm, collected, Broadway Joe, Joe franchise, Joey Shiesty. I mean, guy just looked like a grizzled vet. A controversial call, though, where it looked as if he stepped out of bounds on a play and all the defenders and even Tyler Boyd, when he catches this touchdown, stops. Boyd catches the touchdown, does not celebrate because no one knows what is happening. Upon further review, it turns out that there was a inadvertent whistle early. Joe Burrow does not step off the field to put himself out of bounds. Throws across his body. Tyler Boyd is there. But you look at the corner for the Raiders. Dude just gives up because he heard the whistle. The entire stadium heard the whistle. But as someone who was on the Bengals, I thought it was a great call. Usually, good calls, when it's your favor of your bet, you know, we kind of just brush that off. Now, Jamar Chase, one thing I thought was really interesting about this game is, yeah, we know he's one of the top 10 wide receivers in the league right now. I mean, Burrow to Chase, shouts to Will. He's been talking about this all season. I mean, can you think of a better quarterback wide receiver combo? In the league, I mean, it's it's Adams and Rodgers, Tyreek and Mahomes, Allen Diggs, and then Burrow and, and Chase are right there, the LSU boys. But Jamar Chase was used as a weapon in this game. 12 total touches. He got some carries. I mean, the back shoulder stuff on third and 10, just as if these guys have been playing together for a decade, though they did play back in college too. Uh, Jamar Chase, nine catches was all over the field, just absolute baller. Renfro, 8 for 58, a typical, prototypical kind of Hunter Renfro line. Had a big drop trying to move the chains on a third down. I thought it was a catch, but nowadays, who knows what a catch is? Still can't seem to figure that one out. And one guy that really stood out to me for the Raiders is a dude who just had a monster season, Max Crosby. I mean, one thing we highlighted about this game was the spot that the Raiders were in. Right. The line kept moving in favor of the Raiders. And I thought it was a mistake. A lot of action was coming in on the Vegas Raiders. And I don't know if it's because it's proximity to Vegas, the Vegas Raiders being in Vegas. Maybe you got some money like that. But I bet this game on Monday, like I was saying, and it never swayed me. And it really should have been an easy cover for the Bengals if it wasn't for four field goals that the kicker kicked. So the one thing that stood out to me about this Raiders team is. As always, no team deals with adversity better than them. Uh, hats off to Derek Carr and that organization. I mean, what didn't they have to deal with? And last but not least, heading into this game, the short rest. Max Crosby in that defense, over 85 snaps against Herbert in that offense, Sunday night football. And I think that was one thing that stood out to me. They kind of looked a little deflated there defensively at the end. Couldn't come up with a big stop. And look, it came down to a fourth and goal from about the seven-yard line. And Derek Carr threw an interception. They were a team who were undefeated 4-0 and in the regular season in overtime. And eventually, the one-score game, the pendulum swings in the other direction. And that's what I think you saw here with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Raiders. We'll get to the Bengals in just a little bit with a look-ahead line at their next game. Game number two. I love this one because, you know, I'm going to keep a PC, but I am not fond of the Philadelphia Eagles for many reasons, but the Buccaneers beat the Eagles 31 15 Brady usual Brady stuff did what he had to do. Kept the ball away from Philadelphia. 
Shout out to Gio Bernard, who I thought was a steal of free agency type of player, a.k.a. the sofa, a guy who they took from Cincinnati. And he was a dude who was in and out the lineup, returned from injury, got about 18 touches, scored a touchdown. Brady, over 200 yards, a couple touchdowns. Gronk got into the end zone, too. Bucks defense, pretty, pretty good. Right? I know Jalen Hurts is a guy who, look, Jalen Hurts, amazing story. I think there is something there with Philly. They do have a lot of assets moving forward, which as a Giants fan, it's upsetting. They have three first-round picks, quarterback on a rookie contract. They overachieved this season. So if you're an Eagles fan, you lose to the defending Super Bowl champion. I mean, hats off to Philadelphia Nation. Congrats. Jalen Hurts, though. I do feel as if my take about him from when I saw him last year to this year, nothing has changed. He is a guy who when you go out to get some brunch and you miss the game and you look at the box score for Jalen Hurts, you're like, oh, couple touchdowns, 50, 60 yards on the ground, ran one in. It looks great on paper. I test. He leaves a lot of plays out on the field. I think he's a better fantasy football quarterback than a real quarterback. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of garbage time where he gets going. And even this game, I mean, it was a four, t- it was a four possession game that the Bucks were playing with. And it was a big sweat at the end of this one because the Eagles were an eight and a half point underdog and the Eagles had the ball with about a minute and change left. And that backdoor cover was wide open and the line closed at minus seven and a half for Tampa Bay. Some late money was coming in and late action on the Eagles. And at some points during that week, Tampa Bay ballooned up to minus nine. So it was a wacky line, sort of stayed consistent, which was the common theme for all of these playoff games in the wildcard round. You didn't really have a crazy leap in either direction, maybe like a half point here and there, but you didn't have anything significant, which I think we're going to see coming into the divisional round. But hats off to the Eagles. I really think that if you're an Eagles fan, you you have to be proud of this team and the direction that they're going. Um, they have a lot of nice pieces and you got three first round picks and you got the best luxury that you can have in professional sports. And it's having a quarterback that you like. I might not like them. The organization likes them that you could build around. So Tampa Bay kind of took care of business. Not much to say there. Mike Evans just absolutely went crazy. So did Gronk and Gio. So Sunday night football, uh, an L that I took to the dome watching this one and it started off great. Started off amazing. I'm watching it late sweat because we had a parlay pending also, but we did have a nice weekend overall, but it comes out TJ Watt scoop and score seven, nothing. And you're saying to yourself, this is the kind of game Pittsburgh needs to make ugly, scrappy, long possessions, though. It seemed like Deontay Johnson took the day off a lot of drop passes by Deontay Johnson. And we saw him working with the tennis balls in pregame guess they didn't sort of translate to the on-field stuff. One thing that really jumped out to me was Kansas City Chiefs. Man, oh man, they're back. That offense, Pat Mahomes threw five touchdowns in 10 minutes and 30 seconds game time. That is absurd. The Chiefs fall down 7-0. They were a minus 700 favorite, right? So this is something that with sports betting becoming more and more popular, 
one thing that people like to dive into is in-game betting, live betting. When and where should you take advantage of those lines? This was a perfect example of a game you would in-game live bet. Here's the logic. Here's the reason why. This is why we're on the show too, ladies and gentlemen. The Chiefs were a minus 700 favorite just to win the game outright. They were 12 and a half point favorites. Pittsburgh scores that touchdown by TJ Watt. They kick the extra point. You look at the live line, minus seven and a half for the Chiefs still, because it was still the first quarter. So you did have a lot of time. And also minus 260 on the money line. So where you have to bet minus 700 to win 100, now you need to bet minus 260 to bet 100. So one thing I love doing is there's tremendous value when there is a big favorite that gives up a touchdown early in game. That was the example that we saw there. And Kansas City also, we've seen it so many times again. I think the, the cool thing about Kansas City is, and you've seen this back in the day in the NBA with the San Antonio Spurs. You saw it with the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron. You even saw it with Golden State. When it's playoff season, that switch comes on. And Kansas City's been doing it for years now with Mahomes, where when it comes playoff time, we got to expect this because this is all we've known. This is all we've seen. And yeah, Kansas City had some mishaps throughout the season. They got hot a little bit, but then you can nitpick that anytime they played a good quarterback, they got lit up on defense. All that stuff is fair. But I think we need to realize that there are certain teams, certain players that when it's playoff time, you got to expect them to show up. And that's exactly what you saw with Kansas City. I mean, Mahomes just went out of control. Tyreek Hill went crazy. Travis Kelsey went crazy. Shout out to Mama Kelsey going from Tampa Bay, watching Jason Kelsey of the Eagles, leaving that game, going to Kansas City, asking a phenomenal question to Travis Kelsey after the game. Finally threw a touchdown pass in the NFL, which at that point, Kansas City was just experimenting, right? Just rubbing it in. And they wanted to put their foot down and say, hey, we're still here. The road to the Super Bowl, though we're not the one seed, it got to come through us one way or another. You're going to see us. And that's what you saw yesterday. So the Big Ben farewell tour seems to have ended in Kansas City. In typical Steeler and Big Ben fashion, he wanted to get that last touchdown at the end, but just couldn't have it. You know, a lot of drops early on. Juju came back, tried to be a spark. But I, I thought the Steeler defense played great until that touchdown before the half. They get that big sack to push it to like second and 20. And as someone who has Steelers plus 12 and a half, I'm like, all right, we hold them to a field goal. You know, keep, keep that back door open. And then bam, Travis Kelsey sort of just take my ticket and shred it up over there. Thanks a lot, Kansas City. But hats off to Big Ben. As a huge Giants fan, I will say the best quarterback of that 2004 class. Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, all Hall of Famers. But Big Ben, I mean, no losing seasons. The model of consistency. Hats off to Big Ben. All signs point to this being the end. But, I mean, amazing career. And curious to see what Pittsburgh does moving forward. This show is brought to you by WinBet. The NFL playoffs are here. So what are you waiting for? Download the WinBet app and start winning today. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1, win $100 offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 on almost any sport, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, UFC, boxing. We've dabbled in some soccer and so much more. 
and they're offering a 200% wager match up to $1,500. One thing that I always like to do in the playoffs is hammer these lines early because they put up the games right after we know what the matchup is going to be. We have some look-ahead lines right here. Bengals going into Tennessee. Potentially Derrick Henry coming back. Expected to come back. Opened at minus three. It is now minus three and a half for the Tennessee Titans. The Packers minus five. Open at home off the bye against San Francisco. Who might not have Warner and Nick Bosa. Who left that game with an apparent concussion or neck injury. But, you know, it's a head injury. And, and... Ouch, the spot for the Niners. Short week. They're playing on Saturday night. Be careful with this one. I'm thinking maybe a little alternate spread here on the Packers. We'll have to wait and see what happens on Wednesday's show. And then Sunday night, you got the Chiefs minus two and a half against the Buffalo Bills. You know we're going to see those photos of Stephon Diggs last year. Hands on his helmet because he stayed out there to watch the Chiefs celebration when they lost in the AFC title game. We don't have a line on the Bucks game because we don't know who the Bucks are playing. Recording this prior to Monday Night Football. So let's see what happens with Arizona and the Rams. So for all the details on the offers we mentioned earlier, download WinBet now and set the odds in your favor. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 522 Zero zero. All right, it's time for a staple of the show, the upset of the week. Time to name it. You guys know what it is. The San Francisco 49ers plus 140 on the road in Dallas, 23-17 over the Dallas Cowboys. Now, where do we start with this one? Do we start with tweets and receipts, as the kids say, of me saying the Dallas Cowboys first round bounce from about the middle of November? This was a team who, as a Giants fan, right? I'm always in a pickle here. I have a dilemma. When someone asks me as a professional, now I'm going to give you two sides of the lamp. You got the professional, right? And then you have the Giants fan. They seem to mesh sometimes. Because when I have friends ask me, yo, what do you think of Dallas this year? And I give an honest assessment, I get called a hater. The same happens on social media when I have Eagles and Cowboys fans ask me what I think of their team. And then they immediately turned on the Giants. I was like, no one trashes the Giants more than I do, right? I was, I was on there. Giants Twitter, we won. We bullied the organization into firing Joe Judge. The reason why I bring this up is because this entire season, the one thing that I was nitpicking about the Cowboys is you beat up on bad teams. And Will, the hugest thing I learned from Will was don't always look at that. Pursue with caution. He dropped my lingo on me. Saying, dude, yeah, you're, you might be playing subpar non-playoff teams, but are you dominating those games? Are you violating them on the field like they did to Atlanta, right? 43 to 6 that game was. So you're doing it in a fashion like Buffalo ending the year 4-0 straight up and against the spread. So yeah, you played the Jets. Yeah, you know, whatever, New York Jets. But you beat them and you beat them comfortably. The reason why I bring this up is because Dallas, once again, feasts on a subpar inferior division and they were six and five against the rest of the nfl six and no against the nfc east and it was something where 
Zeke, a report comes out, he has a PCL injury. And I was just curious, since when? Since 2019, since 2020, Zeke has been a guy who I've been on the pro Tony Pollard bandwagon. There's something about the Cowboys that they don't show up in the big games. And then you had a team like San Francisco. One thing that Will was talking about when we previewed this game, and this is why I love having that dynamic with Will being the former player, talking about, dude, the misdirections and the counters that the Niners like to do. You saw Elijah Mitchell jab, step left, cut it back right. First touchdown, Debo cutting it back. And that's what happens when you have a defense like Dallas that overcommits very aggressive, very fast. Look, we saw Trayvon Diggs all year long. We'll even tweeted it now. It's like, dude, still falling for the double move. You had 11 interceptions, led the league all pro season, but you also gave up the most yards. Live by the sword, die by the sword. That's how Trayvon Diggs plays. Me personally, I don't care if you give up yards. Get me the ball back, which is what I want. So Dallas, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz. I mean, I think Dalton Schultz, golf clap for him. Dude had a monster season for what the expectations were and how the season ended. I think he is a legit top 10 to 15 tight end, closer to 10 than to 15. And there's just something about Dallas where when they face some adversity, they don't seem to answer it. And, you know, this whole time we've been talking about Dallas and haven't really mentioned the 49ers who this team is scary. This team was the popular pick. This was the most trendiest upset of the week from a betting perspective. And it was something that I sort of got a little hesitant at the tail end because as the games approach, you get more information, information's change, whatever narratives you create in your head. But it was like, man everybody's on the Niners. These are the same people that were telling me they were blindly betting on Nick Saban in Alabama because it's Bama. LOL. Those were the texts I was getting, right? It's Nick Saban in a big game, but it's like, yeah, not so fast. You know, this team, they got hot. They've been consistent. They got some of their guys back. Jimmy G for whatever you want to say, when he's the quarterback for Kyle Shanahan, they win. Debo, crazy weapon. Handoffs, Dump offs, Elijah Mitchell. What about George Kittle? What do you get? Two targets? He had one catch. And he's posting on Instagram how happy he is because that's a guy that's in the trenches and he wants to win. That's all he cares about. And he's a huge wrestling fan. So I am on Team Kittle. So we do have that. The one thing that stood out to me from a betting perspective is just how many people were on the Niners despite the Cowboys being America's team, being a popular team, being at home, coming off two of their last three wins. They put up a 50 spot on Washington and Philly. And this is where I would push back on Will when he says you obliterate these crappy teams. Though Philly made the playoffs. Yeah, but Philly had nothing to play for in that game at home. Washington had half their defense on COVID. So what do we make of that? What do we make of that? And look, the elephant in the room that we haven't addressed is the officiating. I mean, for one, I've never seen an officiating crew run off the field as fast as they did. So it looked like it was highway robbery and they jetted out of there. Fans, it's short for fanatic. The throwing of the trash, obviously don't condone that. Obviously, you shouldn't do that. I didn't like that the Cowboys players were saying how, you know, they felt angry at the rest, sort of like egging it on. But look, I am someone, whether it's playing Rec League football, which I'm a tremendous rec league quarterback, you know, MVP in my league. Thank you very much. 
or it's pickup basketball, whatever it is. I never want the officials to make an outcome to determine a game. I'm in the camp of let's take care of business. Let's be up two, three scores. Let's be up 10, 15 points in the fourth quarter, whatever it might be. So that, yeah, a call gets blown and it goes the other way. We don't need to say, oh, crud. The the referees, the zebras got us. We were playing two teams out there, not one. So Dallas missed opportunities. I mean, what about the fake punt that you make? And then you leave the punting team out there. And then with 15 seconds on the play guy clock, you throw your offense out there. And then before you know it, your offense has 10 seconds to snap. And it's just like a lot of mishaps. I know Mike McCarthy's getting it bad. Uh, Shout out to Nickelodeon. Love the feature with the field goals. SpongeBob, big SpongeBob guy. I wanted a little more Hey Arnold, but you know what? You can't have it all. And the one thing that I will say as we wrap up the upset of the week is the Niners are going to be a trendy team. A lot of people felt, and myself included, spoke about this on my show, that the winner of this game, this matchup, was the only possible opponent that can beat Green Bay in Green Bay because of the running style, because of the scheme, because of the weapons that both of these teams have. Now, let's see what happens. If Nick Bosa is not out there, like I mentioned before at the look-ahead line, I think Nick Bosa was wrecking that game. And I think Dallas starts to make that comeback because you lose Warner and you lose Nick Bosa. And those are their two best all-pro caliber players. Those guys mean something to the spread. So it's something we need to monitor the status of those two guys playing on a short week. I'd say one of the two get ruled out if I had to make a uh, bet on that, just because head injuries nowadays. I mean, Fred Warner, it looked like he was getting the speech from the coaches, like the season ending speech, right? Where, you know, the coach is holding his two shoulder pads and he's saying to him, like, you had a hell of a season and all those things that you always see. And, you know, he was grabbing his knee in pain or his leg, whatever it was, but it was a lower body injury. So, and we didn't see him return. So I think those two guys are huge. Might be the two most important players on any defense in the playoffs right now, if I think about it. I mean, I, I throw Donald and Ramsey up there for the Rams, but let's see what happens tonight in that Monday Night Football game. But overall, as we start to sign off, that's it for today's show. But just be careful. We had all the favorites win last week. And, and the most obvious, you know, Bill at the bar that bets... He was on the Niners, too. So these are some of my favorite weekends to bet because I know what good teams are good. I know what teams are being overvalued. Cincinnati. And we could go from there. So next episode, we'll be back to preview the divisional round of the playoffs. Talk a little bit more deeper dives into these games. Once again, this is Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. Tell your friends, tell your plus one, tell your parents, tell your kids, tell whoever. Tweet at us. At Will Blackman is where you can find Will. At Nick Dayus is where you can find me. And we'll catch you guys next time.